भद्रम कर्णे शृणुयाम देवा भद्रं पश्येक्षभीजत्रा स्थिरंगुवागम सस्तनु व्यशेम देवितयदायु स्वस्ती न इंद्रो वृद्धस्रवा स्वस्ती न पूषा विश्ववेदा स्वस्तीर्णस्ताक्षोरिष्टनेमी स्वस्ती नो बृहस्पतिर्दा ओ शाति हरि मे बी हियर विथ ओर यस वॉट इज ऑस्पीशियस मे बी सी विथ ओर आईज वॉट इज ऑस्पीशियस वाइल प्रेइंग विथ स्टडी लिम्स may we attain the life span allotted to us may indra bestow wellbeing on us may pushan the god of the earth who is all knowing bestow wellbeing on us may garuda the destroyer of evil bestow wellbeing on us may brihaspati also bestow wellbeing on us om shanti 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 so we are almost in the concluding portion of the mundaka upanishad only two mantras are remaining and that also they don't speak of the tattva the principle of the upanishad it speaks of the qualify the qualifications the qualities of an aspirant needed for pursuing the brahma vidya so those qualities will be enunciated in the last two mantras with which the upanishad comes to the conclusion so before we take up those two mantras today we will have a synopsis of this last chapter of the mundaka upanishad and then we will conclude with those last two mantras so we saw that the last mantra in the preceding chapter what it it was stating it states that by worshiping a knower of self if you worship a realized soul with the motivation to attain some worldly desires know it for certain that a man of realization is siddha sankalpa satya sankalpa whatever he resolves whatever resolution he takes that is bound to be fulfilled whether it be about himself or it may be about others whatever resolution he or she takes that's bound to be fulfilled he is satya sankalpa so that's what that's what was indicated that even with some worldly desires if one approaches a man of realization and he graces as per our wish know it for certain you are going to attain all the so called the worldly desires which you have asked for and after saying that 
the concluding chapter, the first mantra starts with the idea that the same knower of Brahman, if we approach him or her with the idea of seeking liberation by renouncing our desires, know it for certain, his grace, by his grace, that also is possible. As was spoken of in the very first mantra of the concluding chapter of Mundaka Upanishad. Saveda etat paramang brahmadhama yatra vishwang nihitang bhati shubra upasate purushang yehi akama te shukram etat ativartante dheraha. So, he, the knower of the self, knows that the supreme abode of Brahman, ya veda etat parama brahmadhama, which shines, shines brightly, bhati shubram, because it is the ultimate source of luminescence, of all luminosity. So he is bhati, he is illumined, and shubram speaks of no worldly tarnish, no worldly tinge can tarnish that eternal self. As Sri Ramakrishna used to say, the same sun with which one is studying the Bhagavatam, the light of the same sun, the same light can be used by one to counterfeit the coins. So he is doing something unholy, illegal. But is the sun anyway tarnished by that? The sun's property is to shine. What we do is in no way going to affect the sun. So that's the idea behind the word Shubhra. That though he is the source, the ultimate source of all luminosity, but nothing of this world can touch him. He is immanent. He is finding expression through this entire universe. But at the same time, he is transcendent. Nothing can tarnish him. Upasate purushan yehi akama. Such a person who has realized that ultimate reality. Uh, if you approach such a person without any desire, akama, te shukram etat ativartante dhira. So he doesn't have to pass through this seed of birth and death, seed of birth. He transcends this process of transmigration because he gets established in the self by the grace of the realized soul. So after saying that, the next mantra, what it states, the principal discipline of those who seek liberation is renunciation of all desires. That yes, if you go to the realized soul, he can fulfill our worldly desires. But we should always remember that our worldly desire can never give us fulfillment. It is bound to be associated with dissatisfaction. That is the nature of all the worldly desire. It advertises a lot, but gives very little. What to say little? Nothing. Whatever little happiness we get 
we think from the worldly desire is because of the self. When our worldly desire is fulfilled, for the time being, the mind becomes calm, tranquil, and the filtering factor of the self in the form of all those vagaries of mind is no more there, and the self reveals with its Ananda Swarupata, the bliss. The bliss which we enjoy in this life is of the self. It's not because of the fulfillment of the desires. When the moment we become desireless because of the fulfillment of the desire, the desireless state entails the tranquility of the mind. And that because of the tranquil mind, the self finds its expression. It can reveal itself. The cloud factor is gone. The world as such has no capacity to give us even a tinge of happiness. As Shankaracharya in the Bhagavad Gita commentary has mentioned that this Prakriti Gandha Matramapi, that it doesn't have, this world doesn't have the capacity even to give the fragrance of happiness or to speak of real happiness. It cannot give even a tinge because all the happiness is of the self. So the one who gets established in the self, there's no question of this repeating the cycle of birth and death. Te shukram etat ativartante. He transcends that. How? By being dhira. This word dhira we find again and again is repeated in the Upanishad. That's the only criteria for realization. Whatever may be your religion, whatever may be our denomination, whatever may be our sect. If you go to the practice, what the practice speaks of, at last speaks of the tranquility of the mind, either through prayer or through meditation or through mindfulness, the tranquility of the mind. Somehow to attain the tranquility, to become dhira, to become calm. And the self reveals itself. The obscuring factor is gone. So this dhira word in Sanskrit, in Upanishad is very, very significant. So such a dhira, such a calm, tranquil soul who has gone beyond all the desires, who has become a karma, he alone can transcend this cycle of birth and death. And the next mantra states that the principal discipline of those who seek liberation, what is that? Desirelessness, renunciation of all desires. Kamanya kamayate manyamanaha. Sakamabhir jayate tatra tatra, paryapta kamasya kritat manastu ihaiva sarve praviliyanti kamaha. The one who is chasing after the desire, kamanya kamayate manyamana. That he may have relinquished it, relinquished the sensitive pleasures of life physically, but in his mind he goes on cherishing those desires. Know it for certain. If we have a desire, it has to be fulfilled. The nature will conspire to create the circumstances today or tomorrow to fulfill our desires. Our desires are bound to be fulfilled. That's being indicated. Kamanya, kamayate manyamana. Even that though you 
behave to be a person who is very calm, but in your mind, the desire is there, you're cherishing. Know it for certain. Your desire will take you there. You will be gravitated to that circumstances. Today or tomorrow. The one for whom all the desires have been fulfilled. No more desire. In Sanskrit there is a pratyakal alam. When you reach the state of alam, what is that alam means? Enough. The fire is called anala. Why it is called anala? Anpratyaya is there to indicate negation. Fire can never be satisfied. The more you pour fuel, the more it flares up. And that's what our so-called sunset worldly desires are. You think that by fulfillment, you will attain satiation. It never happens. The more we chase after the desire, the more dissatisfied we are. The more it flares up. So we can never become paryaptakam by the fulfillment of these sunset desires of life. How it is possible? By becoming kritatmana. Kritatmana. One who is established in the self. Whatever has to be done, he has done. This worldly, this uh, the glitters, the glamours of this world, no way can, in no way can lure him, delude him. Enough of it. He has now residing in his own self. He has become swastha. In Sanskrit, the word swastha means the one who is established in his self. We use the word as if the so-called we have no sickness, the physical health, we call it swastha. But the real swastha meaning is the one who is established in the self. The one who is in established in his self is one who is not alienated from his own self. Alone can be the kritatmana. And that alone can enter in our physical as well as our psychological well-being. The more we are deviated, distracted from our own self, the more, the more we get drained out, the more we suffer. So the one who is Krita Atmana, one who is established in himself, and that's the only way to become Pariyapta Kama, because the self alone is the source of joy, is the source of happiness. That's the thing which we say again and again, in this life, the nature can give us no happiness. When I fulfill my desire and I feel tremendous happiness, it's actually the self and self alone which is giving that happiness. With the fulfillment of the desire, the mind has calmed down for the time being. It is the vagaries of the mind which was not allowing me to experience the bliss aspect of the self, the Ananda Swarupata. The moment the mind becomes tranquil after the satisfaction of the desire, it is not the satisfaction of the desire, but the self, which now is no more filtered, is finding expression. So the one who has understood this, the basic principle of happiness, will never chase after the desires of life. He knows just to be calm, just to get rid of the vagaries of the mind, just not allow others to dump the so-called the, the trash 
the garbage in the garden called mind we never allow anyone to just come and dump the garbage in our uh, garden but that's what we are constantly doing in our life in the garden called mind we allow the world to dump its garbage all the negativities so here we have to be very careful that we don't allow the world to distract us anymore we dive deep within in our own self and that alone can re- result in paryaptakam all the desires because the source of all the happiness you have reached you become paryaptakam so such a person ihaiva sarve praviliyante kamaha here only all the desires vanish they all fall off a let go ensues that we are carrying the baggage of all the so called samskaras the latent impressions the desires we're carrying they fall off once for all rendering you freedom ihaiva sarve praviliyanti kama at present i feel that there are so many things which disturbs me i have to get rid of them one by one that's the way we can never get rid of desires yes it's of course a a uh, good resolution to get rid of certain obsessions which is disturbing my life but that is just a short term effect it is a short term goal the long term goal is to get rid of the ego to get rid of the sense of this limited individuality which is possible only when we get established in the self and that happens by the dissolution of the ego it is the ego which is the hub of the will of our personality to which all the spikes in the form of various desires are connected once the hub is gone all the all the spikes collapses once for all so that's what is being indicated by the word sarva sarva means all the desires it's not one by one it's all at a time they all fall off the moment you realize the self the moment these you realize the self the idea of this limited individuality falls off and that's the idea of this limited individual is the hub of our personality the once it collapses all the spikes in the form of innumerable desires they are bound to collapse because the hub has collapsed so that's what being indicated by the term sarva ihaiva sarve praviliyante they get just they get they get merged as if there's without keeping a trace it is you are no more having that baggage you were carrying it has all vanished as very interestingly when girish told that i i have done so much of uh, this evil i have so many bad samskaras how how i can be liberated and sri ramakrishna very nicely replied that that all those that a huge mountain of sin which you are speaking of is a mountain of cotton it just needs a small spark just a small spark to devour that entire mountain this is because it's a mountain of cotton so all ours this various thousands of desires they are like this mountain of cotton 
the flash of realization can devote them all in no time. So that's the assurance which the Upanishad is giving in the second mantra. And after saying that, now the how to realize that self. That becomes the indicator that if realization of the self alone can give us fulfillment. So then the question is how we can realize that. So here are the Mundaka Parishad will indicate indicate that we sometimes think that by reading a lot of scriptures, we grow spiritually. Swami Vivekananda in one of his lectures is indicating that we think that by reading the scriptures, we grow spiritually. But know it for certain, it just clears the cobwebs of our mind. It in no way entails in real spiritual evolution. The real spiritual evolution can happen only when there's an intense hankering to realize the self. Nothing else can help us in the realization of the self. That's being indicated in the third mantra. How to, once the realization of the self is being asserted as the goal of our life, then what's the way? The way is being spoken of in the third and the fourth mantra. Nayama Atma. Na ayam atma. This atman. Na is negating. Pravachanena labhya. It's not attained by the pravachana, by discourses, by study of the Vedas. Namedhaya. It is not attainable by the intellect. Na bahuna srutena. Not through much of our learning. Yame vaisha vrinute tena labhya. The one who chooses to be established in the self. He alone can get established in the self. As Sri Ramakrishna used to say, Je chai, she pai, je na chai, take baro bhute na chai. He used to play pun with those words. The one who really desires, he or she will get it. The one who doesn't want, who is quite happy with the so-called worldly way of living, take baro bhute na chai. The 12 ghosts, this manabuddhi and these 10 indriyas, they make him dance at their own whims. That's what Sri Ramakrishna in his colloquial language is saying. And that's the idea. It's only the one who desires, he gets. How he gets? Atma vibrinute tanu swam. The self, the one you're having the intense desire to realize yourself, the self as if presents itself to the seeker, to be palpably uh, felt, to be palpably realized. It reveals to the seeker its true nature. What it is speaking of? As always, we gave that common example that the one who have not tasted mango, if he hears a pravachana, a lecture from a person who have tasted mango, it may give him a feeling that I have understood. I have understood with my intellect what he's saying, midha. If what he's saying, I have understood. That mango is sweet, it has a nice flavor. I have taken, I have eaten so many sweet things. I have experienced, I have just uh, tasted so many things which has a nice flavor. And I just correlate my experience, available front of experience with these words 
giving me an idea that I have realized. And to make that idea more clear, I refer to many other books about the taste of mango. And I may just fool myself by thinking that I am the most learned person in the world as, as per the taste of mango is concerned. I may give beautiful lectures on the taste of mango. But the day I taste the mango, I realize that what all these ideas I had is just Akasha Kushuma. It's just an imagination of my mind. It has nothing to do with the reality. So that's the thing which is being indicated that I have, if I have to know the test of mango, mango, it is not by hearing lectures, not my intellect can help me, nor even referring to thousands of other reference. My only aim should be to test the mango. The one who chooses to attain it. When I choose to taste the mango, the mango will reveal its taste to me. There's no other way. The same as what is being true for the so-called, the all our worldly experience is also the true for, is a way for the self. If we really want to attain the self, we have to have that intense desire to realize the self. And then the self reveals its nature to us, which is something ineffable. It's not any more imagination. You know, you have experienced something which is true. It gives you a tremendous conviction. The way when I see the ocean, no one, even through argument, can create a doubt in me about the existence of ocean. He may go on giving lecture that the ocean doesn't exist, but I've seen it. There's no question. So seeing is knowledge. Knowledge is, there's a, the realization is perception. This perception. The only concept of, the only way of attaining knowledge is to realize. I realized it. So there is no question of any doubt. All the doubt is bound to vanish the moment you realize. So when I realize uh, that Atman as if has revealed itself to me, and then what happens? All the doubt vanishes. I now become established in the self. So the only factor which can enable in the realization of self is that intense desire to know the self. This in our that's why mumukshutvam has been uh, uh, enunciated as one of the main uh, factors which can entail our this atmopalabdhi, the realization of the self. Without that intense desire, nothing else can help us. And then again he's saying, Nayam Atma Valahine Nalabhya. Nacha Pramadat Tapaso Vyapya Lingat Va Api Alingat. Etair Upayair Yatate Yastu Vidwang Stasyaisha Atma Vishate Brahmadhama. The one without strength can never attain Atman. What it speaks of? That once you have that intense desire to know the self, that will give you that perseverance. 
Here the strength speaks of not the ordinary, just mere physical strength. It's the strength of the perseverance. That however, the mind may try to drag me down again and again through perseverance, through patience, I try to keep myself established in the self, in the contemplation of the self. So that speaks of the strength. So the one who doesn't have that dexterity, it is impossible for him to progress in spiritual life. So that's the dexterity which has been spoken of, the resilience, the grit to continue in the spiritual path has been spoken of as the bala, the one who doesn't have that, for him the self can never be realized. Nacha pramadat. Pramada, what is means? That if you have excessive attachment to the, the mundane things, the putraishana, vityaishana, lokaishana, is all these ashanas are too strong. The desire for progeny, the desire for wealth, the desire for name and fame, these are the main desires. If they're too strong, that will result in pramada. What is pramada? That though I have read the scriptures, I felt I have developed a type of renunciation, but in no time I forget about it. It vanishes. As Sri Ramakrishna in the gospel speaks of markat vairagya. Pramada speaks of that. That because of some life situation, some near and dear one, need, my near and dear one passed away, died. That may give me some renunciation for the time being. I may renounce my hearth and home, know it for certain. All the desires are going to come back. Again, it will drag me down to this world. The Pramada has been nicely described by Shankaracharya in Viveka Churamani. That if we have the desires, know it for certain, that we are going to be caught by the crocodile. The desires are like the, like the crocodile that will drag us down to the depths of the ocean, killing us, destroying us. So Pramada speaks of that, that it for, makes us forget of all the resolution which we have taken. It's this innate desire, again drags us down. So. So if you have this pramada, this delusion, this forgetfulness, the self you can never be attained. Va api alingat. Linga means sign. Like a sannyasin. Shankaracharya says that the one who has formally taken sannyasa, who is wearing the ochre colored cloth, that is a linga, that is a sign. So if you have a renunciation without sign, with for that then you can have no, uh, that, uh, that you cannot realize the self. <clears throat> but this type of interpretation is very specific. Linga can, as Ramakrishna is translating, it can mean something much, much broader. What is that? Sri Ramakrishna used to say that if you say that you are, you are the son of the divine, you are the ch child of the divine, that we say that we are all the children of the divine. The Ramakrishna is giving, saying a very nice example that if you are the son of a rich man, then what is the sign by which all knows that you are the son of a rich man? Your inheritance. If you are the son of a rich man, you inherit that wealth. If you don't inherit, 
then how just simply by claiming that you are the son of a rich man has no meaning. People will just see that what you have inherited. So Ramakrishna is saying that if you say that you are the son of the divine, then you should inherit the treasures of the divine. And what are the these treasures of the divine? This Viveka Vairagya, this Samadhamadi Shat Sampatti, all these spiritual qualities, Sraddha, that should find manifestation through our life. If it is not finding manifestation, however we may go on reading, we may have knowledge of all the scriptures. It is just like an academic knowledge. In the academic knowledge, we find that I may be a highly knowledgeable person, but it has nothing to do with my life. I can be a professor, extremely learned professor in physics, but that in no way until my, the overhauling of my personality. I can be a very crude person in spite of that knowledge. So here, when, then, when they say va api alinga, that the knowledge is in no way finding expression through your life. In your scriptures, you are constantly reading that Atman alone exists, alone abides. It is in no way, it is transcendent of, from this, all the dualities of life. But we are reading, but we find that we constantly get affected by the dualities of life. As Ramakrishna used to say that you say that Aham Brahmasmi, I am Brahman, but a simple thorn pricks you and fill the brain. Then how, how that Aham Brahmasmi is finding expression through life? It's not finding expression through your life. You are saying you are Brahman, you are not the body, you are not the mind, you are not the senses, and a simple prick of the thorn pricks you and you feel the pain and you shout out of pain. So that has no meaning. So there's, there, there, is no, there is no sign of what you are saying. That is that it is not finding expression to your life. So that's a much broader meaning. That if the knowledge which is not associated with renunciation, instead of saying monasticism, we will say renunciation. That this, all these studies of the scripture should enable me to develop detachment. The detachment is the linga, is a sign. So if all our tapas, all our tapas here means the knowledge, the study, which is not associated with sign, means no internalization has happened. It is not finding expression through our life. Then that type of knowledge is not going to help us in our realization. Etair upayir yatate yastu vidwan. What it speaks of? That just the opposite. You have to have bala. You have to persevere. You have to have patience. So that speaks of the bala. You should be free from all pramada, delusion. You should never be forgetful because of your extremely inordinate attachment to the worldly way of living. So always you are constantly contemplating in your mind that your real nature, that speaks of apramada. You are never forgetful about it. And that whatever you study, whatever you practice, that should find expression through your life. That speaks of the linga. If it is a linga, if it is, there is no sign, that won't help. If these three opposite things you are practicing, 
देन वॉट हैपन तस्स आत्मा विशते ब्रह्मधाम सो द नोर ऑफ द सेल्फ स्ट्राइव थ्रू दिस मीन्स द स्ट्रेंथ एबसेंस ऑफ डिल्यूशन एंड दिस प्रैक्टिस विच कॉन्फॉर्म्स टू विच फाइंड रिफ्लेक्शन थ्रू हिज ओवरहॉलिंग ऑफ हिज पर्सनैलिटी he enters vishate means to enter he enters into that abode of brahman he becomes one as in the this um, upanishad we have studied that vedavya that if you are the jivatma is the arrow jivatma is the arrow and the target is the brahman when the arrow strikes the target it becomes one with the target so our aim is to become one with brahman so that's what's the meaning meaning of the word vishate to become one so this absorption in brahman to become one with the brahman is being described in the next mantra the fifth mantra what it says samprapya enam rishaya gyana tripta kritatmana vitaraga prashantaha te sarvagam sarvata prapya dhira yuktatmana sarvam eva avishanti so having realized the atman samprapya enam what happens the seers become satisfied with that knowledge gyana tripta is a very significant word in this mantra yet we are constantly curious we cannot if uh, we get some free time immediately you will find most of us what we do <coughs> we turn on the tv <coughs> and now it is even tv is obsolete we will be resorting to the internet either through our mobile or through the laptop or through the some tablet and we just go browsing through it because we are so much interested about this world nothing gives us the satisfaction constantly we have to be fed by the so called this happenings of the world the gyana tripta speaks of that that has this constant this a uh, curiosity to know about the happenings of the world that has been satiated satisfied you are no more interested about it if the world is in no way going to give deliver you anything which is which speaks of your ultimate fulfillment why should i be bothered about it i have won the thing which i have renounced what should i why should i again be interested about it you know scripture in a very strong language they say it is just like that the thing which you have renounced to again get interested in it is just like to lick your own spit you have spitted and then again you lick your own spit so gyana tripta speaks of the total detachment i'm no more curious about this world because i have being a step once you have established in this self that's bound to happen kritatmana you become established in the self vitaraga vita vita means past tense all the raga which used to define us all the attachments used to define us that has all vanished it has become past tense it's no more there they have become vita they have they are gone forever and once the raga is gone you are bound to be prashant the tranquil 
you have reached that equanimity, you have crossed the, that. We were giving the example when we were studying these mantras that the nuris, the small fishermen in India, they go for uh, fishing in the deep waters of the ocean and they go with a small boat. And when they try to break the barriers of the waves, again and again, they're thrown back. But they're skilled, they go on trying. Once they fell, second time they fell, they go on trying. Why they go on trying? They know that all these waves are just in the shore of the ocean. If you go beat into the deep waters, it is tranquil. So all this turbulence of mind is in the shore of our existence. If you can cross that, you reach the prashanti, the tranquility of the self. And that's the thing that all the waves in the form of desires, you have by repeated perseverance at last, you have, you have bricked, you have broken through that the barriers of the waves and have reached the tranquil waters. So that is the prashanti. Te sarvagam sarvata prapya. And then you realize the self, which is the self of all. You have attained that sarvat, that sarvagam sarvata prapya. So you see, the one who is everywhere, within and without, with closed eyes in meditation, whom you realize, the same one you realize with your eyes open while engaged in action. So that's what is meant by the word sarvata. That sarvaga. Sarvaga is the self who is everywhere. You realize him. That speaks of what? Your ego has dissolved. As Sri Ramakrishna used to say again and again, it's just like a salt doll wanted to measure the depth of the ocean. The moment it got down in the ocean, immediately it got merged with the ocean. How can it just dive deep to find the depth of the ocean? It's impossible. So this is the idea of sarvagam sarvata prapya. Again, the word dhira comes. Who can do that? The one whose mind is tranquil, who has reached that state of tranquility by going beyond the desires. Such a person, yuktatmana, is always established in the self. Yukta means to be connected. Yukta atmana. Sarvam eva avishanti. He enters into that non-local consciousness. That our consciousness has a locality. The sun is getting reflected in the thousands of waves. And each wave has the reflection of the sun, giving us the feeling. If I look at the reflection, there are thousands of suns. It is the same sun. It's because as I'm identified with the reflection, so that's why I think it's many. When I realize the self, that identification with the reflection has gone, I find it is a one sun alone, which is actually reflecting in all. So you enter into that state where your locality has vanished. You no more identify yourself with that one, the reflection of the sun in one of the waves. You just merge with that absolute, which is the thing alone which has been projected. The self is being, the, is being superimposed. The entire world is a superimposition on the self. That you realize and you merge with that non-local consciousness. That non-locality alone is the 
state of health, spiritual health. The example which we give again and again, that the only criteria of sickness is what? The localized consciousness. A small child is not aware of any particular part of his body. Health is throbbing through that, life is throbbing through that entire body. And when it falls sick, what's the uh, expression that which makes us realize that he is sick? My head is aching, my stomach is spinning. The consciousness which was throbbing through the entire body is a toothache. It has now got localized. So any whenever the consciousness is getting localized, there's a disease state. All the ease go, has gone. This ease, the ease has gone. So to again merge in that non-local state is the state of our spiritual health. And that's been spoken of here, that Sarvam Eva Avishanti emerges in that non-locality. And that's being uh, reiterated again in the next mantra, what it says, Vedanta Vigyana Sunishchidartha. And when you go to that realization, it is no more Jnana, it is Vigyana, it is realization. And that gives you convictions, you become Sunishchita. How it happens? Sanyasa Yoga. By that when you have renounced totally the word leading you to Suddha Shattva, Yataya Suddha Shattvaha. Your mind is bereft of Rajas and Tamas. It is constantly in a flow of contemplation of the self. It has got, uh, what you say, constantly established in the Brahmakara Vritti. It is no distraction, constantly thinking of the self. For such a person, te brahma lokeshu parantakale. Paraantakale. For us, death is not parantakale because it will lead to another life. But for a man who has realized the self, that is parantakale. That's once for all, he is leaving his physical body to attain that paramrita, paramrita, the eternity which is transcendent of this so called. World of duality. Parimuchyanti is freed from Parimuchyanti survey. This Paripurna Rupena Muchyanti, that liberation in totality, it happens. From every side, that's being indicated. It's just to reiterate the idea which has spoken of in the previous book, previous mantra. The sixth mantra is speaking of the same. The dissolution of our localized consciousness in the substratum, which is non-local. And then the, in details it is speaking, in the seventh mantra, Gata Kala, that how that happens. Gata Kala Panchadasha Pratishtha Devascha Sarve Pratidevatasu Karmani Vigyana Mayas Chatma Pare Avyaye Sarve Eki Bhavanti. That in our scriptures, they say again and again that there are six sholak, 16 kala. It's a technical term. There are 16 parts which uh, together constitutes our personality. What are those 16 parts that we told the prana, sraddha? Prana is the cosmic mind. So it when it finds expression as the word, it finds expression through the sraddha that 
the stimulus for good actions any good what is the criteria for good action parupakara punyaya papaya parapiranam when the cosmic mind evolved into the world it evolved to the concept of yagya this inter interdependence the entire world is interdependent it cannot anything cannot here exist uh, in segregation of the entire existence that speaks of the shraddha from and this with the idea to do good actions it resort resorted to the five elements this uh, and it interacted the five uh, with the five elements of the five sense organs and then consolidated all the things which is is perceiving through the sense organs through the mind and then it has another food which gives the vidya the vitality and then comes the mantra there's all our the so called chalked out goals that i want to be this i want to be that that speaks of the mantra manana trayate you just go on cogitating you're meditating contemplating on that goal to at last liberate that to to at last realize that that we say in our scripture uh, scripture that everything we create twice first in mind then in realization in imagination the first creation happens so that speaks of the mantra by mananath i trayate iti mantra that what what uh, that just by mental cogitation it helps me to get liberated from all the uh, limiting adjuncts which is restricting my life i go beyond that so that once you have food one that with that you have energy and then you have the proper contemplation proper goal to reach that goal you have the tapas and that leads you to the loka the thing which you are cherishing for in that world and you attain certain position in that loka the nama so these are the 16 things which constitutes our personality but once you realize the self there have uh, they have no meaning so this conglomerate starts falling off they start falling off that's being indicated by the term gatakala panchadasha pratishtha devascha sarve pratidevatashu so this when we resolve to exist as a local consciousness as a limited psychophysical entity we have to hire the senses for each senses have its own devata sometimes as we were saying that this ideas uh, we appear at may feel we may feel that it is all bit poetic it has nothing to do with the reality but even in modern science they will say you that the indriyas is not this external ears eyes it is in the mind the the centers of this all the perceptions is in the mind the moment we have hired them you we have to pay tax we have to pay the rate charges for hiring in the form of perception if you have eyes constantly you have to go on visualizing the thing if you have ears constantly you have to just uh, listen to the uh, things which are going on in this world if you stop very interesting those who get become blind in the old age they have lot of hallucination and the science to explain that have at last came to the thing that the eye the this our, our object our organ of vision it needs to be constantly fed if you don't fed feed it 
then it starts hallucinating. It will be creating those images. So this speaks of Prati Devata. This is all the senses have to be, this, you give the hiring charges in the form of perceptions. You cannot stop that. It can only be stopped when you have realized the self and when all the things, conglomerate starts falling off. You have no need for them. So the senses go back to their corresponding uh, presiding deities. Devascha Sarve, Prati Devatasu. And this karma, all your actions, which are yet to yield result, they won't yield result anymore. Once the prarabdha is exhausted, you will be rendered freedom. And the Vijnanamaya Atma, Vijnanamaya Atma, the self which is being reflected in your mind, that also has to fall off. Because once this idea of limited personality falls off, then the question of getting identified with the reflection no more this is no more there is a need for it. It has fallen off. So that's being indicated by this word, this Vijnana Mayascha Atma Karmani. This all this fall off. When it happens, what happens is pare avyaye sarve eki bhavanti. So that no more that limited individuality is there. He becomes merged with that absolute. Shankaracharya in his commentary very nicely says it is just like the footprints of a bird flying in the sky. It has no footprints. Or like the footprints of a fish swimming in the waters. It has no footprints. So we have footprints. All our samskaras that can indicate that where our next destination is, that after once we die, we transmigrate. There's a footprint that will say where we have gone. But for such a realized soul, there is no such footprint. They have got merged in the absolute. And then the eighth mantra, through an example, ex- exemplifies that fact. fact. What? Yatha nadya syandamana samudre tangachanti nama rupe vihaya. The rivers have all the rivers have a name and a form. It is coming down the terrain. We know that what river it eats, but once it gets merged in the ocean, it loses its identity. It becomes one with the ocean. Similarly, we like rivers are having particular name and form, which defines us. But once we go to that realization, we become merged in the absolute. So that's the idea which has been spoken of through example in the eighth mantra, that just as rivers flowing down becomes unidentified, indistinguishable on reaching the ocean. So how it happens? By giving up the name and form. So similarly, the illumined soul, the one who has realized the self, he becoming he also gets freed from the name and form and he reaches that absolute which is greater than the great. But at present, we are all programmed by the cosmic mind. That is the great, which in this, that Mahato Mahiyan, this Paratpara, Parat, this Paratpara speaks of that, Paratpara, the great, that we are all being governed by the cosmic mind. We have to be just uh, following the program which the cosmic mind has uh, decided for us. We cannot go beyond that. 
It's only possible when you have realized the self. You have gone beyond that. And then you become greater. Then you reach the self, which is greater than the great. It has crossed the barrier of the Hiranyagarbha. And to know Brahman is to become one with Brahman. That was spoken of in the ninth mantra. Saya Havai Tatparamang Brahma Veda Brahmaiva Bhavati. Knowing Brahman is becoming one with Brahman. Once you know Brahman, he becomes one with Brahman. Na asya Brahmavit Kule Bhavati. And the one who has realized the Brahman, as per parampara, he instructs some aspirant in the knowledge of Brahman. He also becomes a knower of Brahman. And that's why in this spiritual lineage, there is no one who is not the knower of the self. And once you become the knower of the self, what's the result? Tarati shokam, tarati paapmanam. You go beyond all shoka, the dissatisfaction. They've vanished once for all. Tarati paapmanam. This tendency to sin because of our obsessive compulsive nature, that also has fallen off, rendering us the purity which is the essence of our being. All the so-called papa is not just superficial. They are not the core of our being. They are just something which has accumulated. I wash them off to again get established in myself. And how it happens? When it happens? Guha When it happens, what happens? Guha granthibhya vimukta amrito bhavati. That all the knots of your heart, that, which we, that example which we give again and again, that our limited sense of individuality is like the hub of the will, to which is knotted, connected all the desires. So these granthi, these knots, I get freed from them, vimukto, and I become immortal, amrito bhavati. But to indicate that this is not a mere intellectual knowledge, we have to practice we have to do some spiritual practice which entails in a total overhauling of our personality by getting, a, by getting totally established in morality. That will be spoken of in the last two mantras as we told that they speak of the practice. So that till now we may feel that it is just mere intellectual contemplation which can entail in the realization of the self. So just to negate that idea, what it is saying in the 10th mantra, tat etat richa abhyuktam. In the Rig Veda it is mentioned, what? Kriyavantaha, Srotriya, Brahmanishta, Swayam Juhyata Ekarshi Sradhyantaha, Tesham Eva Etam Brahmavidyam Vadeta, Shirovratam Vidhivat, Yai Tu Chirnam. Don't speak of this knowledge. To all, only the one who is really has developed the yearning for it, only to such a person you speak. Even in the modern counseling, psychological counseling, they say that don't that uh, counsel someone who is not uh, wanting, who is not, uh, who has not approached you for counseling. Never just give it. Uh, just thinking that I, that by just giving some suggestions, I will be helping. It never helps. The one uh, who needs it should be eager to get it. Should approach first. So that's the thing being spoken of here. Sometimes 
in the uh, this in with the idea of adhikaravada is so much of criticism that the vedanta says that in the name of adhikaravada this exclusiveness it is not exclusiveness the one who is not ready for it if you just uh, divulge that knowledge it is not going to help him in any way so how to get ready for it you should develop some capacity kriravanta what is that he has performed the necessary duties of life he is not just simply uh, in, the, in the name of renunciation try to go to his security zone he has gone through the responsibilities of the of his life with the idea of seek not avoid not he went through it shrotriya he is he is well versed in the scriptures and after hearing the scriptures he has become brahmanishtha is practicing trying to contemplate on brahman swayam juhata ekarshi so these are the uh, some very very uh, tedious uh, sacrifices which entails in the purification of the mind is all the sacrifices were meant for the purification of the mind because it it spoke of lot of disciplines and through all those disciplines you purify your mind your mind doesn't get the chance to get distracted so this ekarshi was one such very tedious sacrifice he has done that and tesham eva etam brahmavidyam you can speak of this brahmavidya to such a person who has already proven through his life that he really is desiring for it the sacrifices which are needed he has is ready to pay for that pay for them is ready to adopt them so that's the idea which is spoken of in the 10th mantra and the last mantra as a completion what he says just tat etat satyam rishi angira pura vacha na etat achirna prat adhite namah param rishibhya namah param rishibhya so it started with that rishi angiras the shonaka went uh, to angiras with that idea that kasminnu bhagava vigyate sarvam idam vigyatam bhavati iti with that the prashad started that knowing what everything is known so at the end as a conclusion he is saying that the seer angiras declared this truth by through this upanishad in the olden times but a man who has not performed the vow all the criteria which has been spoken of all the sacrifices all the uh, uh, what do you say the tapas uh, through which one uh, can purify his soul he has not gone through it then for them this knowledge is not meant it is only for those who are aspiring for it who are the true seekers and then uh, the upanishad end with the salutation salutation to those great seers to that parampara all the lead spiritual lineage through which this knowledge has been handed down to us salutation to those great seers salutation to those great seers so with this the upanishad comes to it at this conclusion so uh, uh, here we for the timing stop the study of the mundaka upanishad uh, as some renovation as we have already told that some renovation work is going on from tomorrow uh, the center will be uh, closed uh, almost you can say it's anyone can visit but uh, the shrine uh, will has to be uh, for the time being 
we have to relocate it uh, because some renovation work will go on the shrine. So we won't be uh, able to have the regular activities. So from tomorrow onwards, there will be no online sessions, no class till the Durga Puja. The Durga Puja we will have on 3rd of October. And from 3rd October, again, our activities will start with the Durga Puja. We will have our activities here and then uh, the classes will follow. On Thursday, as uh, we have, we are for the time being, we are concluding the Mundaka Upanishad. Uh, we will take up on Thursdays the Gospel of Sri Ramakrishna, which we were having it on the Tuesdays. So weekly two classes will be there. On Thursday, we will have the Gospel of Sri Ramakrishna. And Sunday, Bhagavad Gita class will continue as usual after the uh, 3rd of after 3rd of October, after the Durga Puja celebration. So with this, we stop our class today. Thank you all uh, and just uh, wish you a happy this Navaratri and uh, hope to see you all again uh, um, during the Durga Puja. Thank you all. Namaskars.